Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of Holy Family in St. Lawrence in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rota, and I will be your host. With me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing today, Father? You know, I'm doing good. I'm starting to feel excited. Yeah? Why are you feeling excited? Um, you know, here in Minnesota, we're supposed to go stay at home during this coronavirus pandemic till May 4th. And uh, so it's t- the Tuesday uh, before May 4th. May 4th is upcoming Monday. And I, I have a lot of hope that we're going to have a plan here in Minnesota to start being able to make some steps forward um, to kind of start reopening things, you know, or to just make some different steps other than just stay at home. And so I'm getting excited yeah. to just get some news this week, um, both from the governor and then from our diocese to be able to say, okay, here's, here's your next steps and uh, be able to step into those creatively and, and maybe do some things with that. So I'm, I got a lot of hope right now and I'm feeling kind of excited like okay we're really close to hopefully being able to at least do something more than what we're doing right now yeah. um, so uh, I'm excited to get out of this current norm <laughs> yeah 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 it's a uh, um, today was one of those days where I was like man we've been doing this for like a month yeah it's been a while yeah and I, it's starting to feel normal and I don't like that yeah you know, I, I get like, you know, we're going to like, whatever the new normal is going to be is fine. But this is not the, the stayed new normal. This is like a temporary normal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to get out of it. You know, I've gotten, I've gotten, getting used to it, but I'm not liking it. So. Yeah. So yeah, how are you, Dan? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. Um, I th- yeah, I feel like I'm just kind of starting to, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely done with this. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, like just, just, just with, with the, like the way, yeah, I, I like kind of what you said. I think that may, like I'm getting used to it and I feel like I'm get, I'm kind of starting to get over some of the humps, but I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to do this yeah, much longer. No, so. we, we want to step forward and step yeah. into this a little bit more. Yeah. You're, you're kind of losing it a little bit. I mean, you texted me yesterday and I, said, I'm you, not losing it. I'm, I, you, I am. You want to, you want to, you're going to get a puppy. <laughs> A you lab know. puppy too, maybe a cutter puppy. Huh? Maybe a cutter puppy. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, Are you, you know. sure you're feeling okay? Have you like talked to your doctor about this? And <laughs> um, I no, I haven't talked to my doctor. I don't. Th- I don't think I need a doctor's note to get a to get a dog. You might want to talk to your doctor. You, you might need to do some counseling before you do this. Maybe you've gone crazy. You know? Uh, you know, it's something that I've th- been thinking of before I even moved here. Okay, so and, you've then, been... and then and I, I took a year to not, I, you know, I didn't want to move to a new place, okay. start a new job, and get a dog all at once. So I took almost a year. Okay, so this has been something so, that you've, you've thought about for yes, a while. Yes. Okay, well, that's that's fair, I suppose. So. No, you'll, I mean, Cutter, cutter pups are going to be great. So yeah. for those folks that don't yeah. know who Cutter is, he's my dog that doesn't live with me, and I have no responsibility for him, but... <laughs> So he's great. He's great. He's a great dog. He's the perfect dog. <laughs> uh, but he really is a really good dog. So, and I know that the mom is a a really good dog too. So, yeah, I, these I, puppies should be both healthy and they're going to have a good disposition. I uh, the one dog we had growing up was a, a black lab. So I kind of grew up with a lab, and yeah, they're just such good dogs. They're just, they're, I mean, they're still you know energetic pups, but. You know, they're just, they're good dogs. Yeah, they're great. I just, uh, you don't have, just get ready for your whole house to be chewed apart. Yeah. 
I got pictures of Cutter. Like, literally, he tore, like, this recliner apart. It was an old recliner that I put in the area where he was just so he had somewhere to go. But he completely tore that thing apart. And then the stairwell, like, the railing on the stairwell into the house and the rectory um, where, I, where I had him as a pup, just completely chewed that up. Like, I had to pay and redo it all. And we had to redo it all. And there's probably still some marks Father Blake could find from Cutter chewing on things. So That's funny, yeah. Lots of chew toys. Yep, yep. So, I mean, we'll see. But well, no, that's good. I, th- that's yeah. an exciting thing too, you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm glad it's not just from like being bored at home. Like, well, maybe I should get a dog so I won't be so bored. It's like we're gonna come out of this, buddy. It's gonna be okay, <laughs> man. You're gonna be able to go do stuff yeah. again. I, I was talking to well, one of my really good friends. He um, he's actually he's um going to get ordained in June, which is kind of a weird time for him. You know, he's yeah. been working for six, seven years at becoming a priest, and now he's about to get ordained, and it's probably, you know, there's probably going to be no one there except his family. So, like, it was, so we, we were kind of talking about this, but then I was talking to him about, oh, yeah, you know, I think I'm been thinking, thinking about getting a dog and whatnot. And then he, he made the comment. He's like, well, are you doing this because you're bored? Yes, but that doesn't mean it's a bad decision. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, I have, you know, <laughs> I have people coming at me from both ends saying, "Don't do it." And yes, do it. So, <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, you'll you'll have fun with it. Just remember, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, It'll, it it gets you ready for like being a parent. I think, you know. So if you're a dad someday, you'll be like, "Yeah, okay, these kids aren't as yeah. tough as the puppy." Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, probably not, but. Well, I guess we'll see. It's a different kind of work. Right? <laughs> Listen to me. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have... <laughs> How does the girlfriend feel about it? Oh, she's all for it. She's all for it? Yeah. Okay, that's good. So it's not like like... She has a golden retriever, though, so... Oh, okay. So she already has a dog. Yeah, so she's just peer pressuring me. So now you're going to have two dogs. So, like, you guys are going to, like, jump in the car to, like, you know, go up the shore for a walk, and you're going to have two dogs in the car as well. Yeah. Does your, do you have a car that can handle that? Oh uh, yeah, probably. Okay, okay. I think it's fine. <laughs> well, uh, famous last words, folks. R- let's let's remember <laughs> these words. It should be fine. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> well, and uh, so I mean, we've been talking about dogs for about six minutes, but but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, my uh, my roommate also has a dog, and um, he he got he got this dog fairly recently, probably uh, I mean in like January. It was a rescue dog, and um, she's, I mean, she's frightened of everything. Like, except for, except for Adam, she won't let anyone, like, I mean, I've been there for four months with her and she won't let me touch her. It's, 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 it's actually kind of sad. Um, but hopefully maybe she'll have a friend now. Maybe oh, yeah, to help her. Like, she'll be a little bit better. So. Has she been around other dogs? So here's, this is, have you guys talked about this? A dog socializing and how certain dogs can not socialize with other dogs? She's part lab, so she, has she been around other dogs? She she has, yeah, because she, she she was she was in a kennel, and she, she's really good with other dogs. Okay, like so if, that's super important. If we go to like the dog park or something like that, she's, she's totally fine. She's but not then, scared of them. But then I go and say, "Hey, Riley," and she runs away. So well, th- but that kind of makes sense. I mean, that's that's <laughs> I mean, fair on the. Have dog's you seen part. me? So yeah, I mean, <laughs> might just be you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, just in case anyone hasn't skipped the last eight minutes of this. <laughs> um, Here we go. Let's pray. Huh? Yeah, let's pray, huh? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we love you, and um, we thank you for your goodness and for calling us to be uh, to share in divine life. 
Lord Jesus, you who unite yourself to our human nature, that we can be united to your divine nature. Um, you that call us to um, baptismal grace and the holiness and the goodness that that brings us to. Lord Jesus, you who are priest, prophet, and king. Um, and as we share in uh, your body, that we share in life with you, that we are called to be priest, prophet, and king. We just ask that you would enlighten our hearts and minds, our very lives, our choices, our decisions, our thinkings, um, our feelings in, in alignment with yours, Lord. And uh, particularly who you are as priest, prophet, and king in the incarnate word. Lord, we, we glorify you in that. And we praise you in that. We just ask for your blessing upon our conversation here, upon anybody who listens, upon their families, upon those who are suffering or sick, those who are struggling in the midst of this time. Lord, we just ask for your blessing on them. Holy Spirit, stir within us the fullness of, of your gifts um, that we might bear fruit in you. And we also turn, finally, uh, to Mother Mary, to Mary the mother of Jesus, who we know that you're present with your son always, so we just acknowledge your presence with him and ask that you pray for us and intercede for us. Lord Jesus, we glorify you in all things, and we pray all this through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, well, I guess, uh, fairly quick, um, what is going on this week? Yeah, so I'm going to fairly quick. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I said it, yeah. Yeah, I know that's how you said it. <laughs> Well, we're going to do um, two, if, two Zoom meetings tomorrow at 2 and eight p- two p.m. and 8 p.m. Just as an opportunity for people to touch base on parishioners. So we'll, we'll pray a chaplet at the end of it. Um, prior to the chaplet, we'll um, ask for prayer intentions and allow people to share some prayer intentions. But for the first part of it, we'll, um, we'll do some sharing. I'll um, answer questions if people have questions. You know, I think there's a lot of questions that have been floating around out there. Um, I might throw some questions out to the group, too, and just ask people to share experiences or um, how they're doing in the midst of this. And so we're going to do that. On Friday, May 1st at 2 p.m., we're going to come together as a nation on Facebook, um, a Catholic nation in particular, American Catholics, um, led by our bishops of our country um, to pray a consecration to Mary, Mother of the Church. On Friday, May 1st, uh, it's 2 p.m. Central Time at facebook.com backslash USCCB. Um, so it's the bishop's Facebook page. They're going to live stream this prayer, and they're asking us as a nation to come together at the same time and pray together um, and do a consecration to Mary, Mother of the Church. Um, that's going to start us off. Um, I'd like to have us pray the rosary every every day in May um, as a tribute to Mary and an intercession or seeking her intercession in the midst of everything going on um, and an opportunity for us to grow in a appreciation and an understanding of what the rosary is um, and an experience of it. So, uh We'll have details of that coming out uh, as we get into May more. That's going to be a Facebook thing, similar to what the chaplet was, um, and even a simpler format just to really literally get on and pray the rosary together and have some different people throughout the parish and the staff lead those. So. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. So yeah, so those are some of the things we continue to do. Mass on Facebook uh, at Catholic Duluth, um, 8 a.m. Monday through Thursday and 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. So. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Father. Yeah. Um, well, you know, that was fairly quick. That was fairly quick. I forgot to mention confessions. Oh. I forgot to do that on the daily update today, too. Anyways, we'll we'll get confession stuff out. I'll have to Facebook yeah. that later and yeah. just to get that out. I forgot to do that. Shoot. Oh, well. 
Such is life. Such is life. Such is life. <laughs> well, um, we have, uh, I, I think, a, a pretty pretty cool episode um, today for, for you guys and kind of start kicking off a series. Uh, we haven't done a series in a while, so, um, but we're going to be um, talking about this idea of um, Jesus Christ being the uh, priest, prophet, and king. So uh, you've probably heard that before, um, just within maybe some of like the readings, and uh, I, I'm trying to think of any parts of like the of the mass. They like it talks it talks about Jesus being priest, prophet, and king. Uh, I don't think that there's anywhere that it would use those three words in and the baptismal rite. It's used. Okay. So we definitely hear it maybe at baptism with it. the sacred chrism. Um, but we hear of Christ as priest and victim, um, you know, within the mass, we, we, we acknowledge that, uh, but I don't, I don't think there's anywhere in the mass where it's, it uses those three together. Okay. I, I was trying to, I was trying to think of times that I'm like, that they're, um, commonly said together, but, um, but it's definitely, you know, something that's, that's fairly common, um, within, uh, the faith and, uh, and yeah, something that we want to talk about cause it's, uh think it's it's a very kind of deep part of our faith uh, and there's a lot there and um and it kind of rooted in, in a lot of identity which we'll kind of get into and talk about and um, it's and it's and it, it it expands out from there yeah like it, to come and talk about this there's so many ways in which from like how the catechism is ordered from how to how the liturgy is ordered to how we're called to be ordered as as christians as baptized christians to all sorts of different things that these three roles are just, they're just so, they're, there's, they're kind of like the core, and then there's an explosion out from there if we understand it, so. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, Father, do you want to kind of give us, like, a uh, kind of uh, overview or kind of history? Um, you know, I think, can you pull up oh, that yeah. quote, too, from the, the catechism? I think you said it was 436. Yeah. And yeah. read that for us, because I think that can get us off to a good start. It's this reality that Christ comes, and he has what we would call like three offices, three munera, they would call it, or three works um, that he fulfills and that are rooted in the Old Testament. And that's the, the role of priests, prophets, and kings. And so we, we see in Christ that Christ is priest, prophet, and king, and that as we're part of the body of Christ too, we, you, me, all of us are priest, prophet, and king. Well, what in the world does that mean? But let's get started with that. Why don't you read that quote that you had, you had looked up? Yeah, so this is... Um coming from paragraph uh, 436 in the Catechism. So if you want to pull it up and kind of read along with it. Um, so it's 436. Uh, the word Christ comes from the Greek translation of the Hebrew Messiah, which means anointed. It became the name proper to Jesus only because he accomplished perfectly the divine mission that Christ signifies. In effect, in Israel, those consecrated to God for a mission that that he gave were anointed in his name. This was the case for kings, for priests, and in rare instances for prophets. This had to be the case uh, all the more for the Messiah, whom God would send to inaugurate his kingdom definitively. It was necessary that the Messiah be anointed by the Spirit of the Lord at once as priest or as king, as priest, and also as prophet. Jesus fulfilled the Masonic hope of Israel. In, the, in his threefold office of priest, prophet, and king. So th- this particular paragraph is in the Profession of Faith where 
um, Article 2, where we say, you know, we believe, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, right? So it breaks down like, you know, there's a section on Jesus. Well, what is the name Jesus? And then it goes into part two of this article of Christ. Well, when we say Jesus Christ, what do we mean by Christ, right? And so I wanted to start with this paragraph because for me it's so important in terms of the theological development of our understanding of it is that we have to start with this identity thing. <laughs> you know, and Dan, you and I had talked about, well, where do we start this conversation, you know? Um, and we, we were kind of on different pages on that, which is, which is okay. You know, Dan, you were more looking towards functional than going to identity, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the right way to put it? Was yeah, that? I, I think that's fair. Um, and uh, I would say it's more, the, the development of the thought, theologically at least, would be more towards identity into mission, right? Into function, right? So we start with this identity, and we see that right here in this paragraph as well. You know, the word Christ comes from the Greek translation of the Hebrew Messiah, which means anointed. Right? So he's first anointed. It's first the recognition that he's anointed. It became the name proper to Jesus only because he accomplished perfectly the divine mission that Christ signifies. Right? So, like, he's anointed and fulfills the mission, and because he fulfills the mission, we know he's the anointed. So it's a little uh, circular. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, as, it, as you read, it says, in effect, in Israel, those consecrated to God for a mission that he gave were anointed in his name. So we see, like, you know, you think of King David, right? King David, you know, he's probably the most popular in the Old Testament in terms of people knowing him. He is, he's chosen, right? So there's this choosing of him as a young boy, and he's anointed, and then out of that anointing, he goes forth on this mission of being the king of Israel and working his way towards becoming the king of Israel. And he, and he does all these things in the mission, right? So it's, it's this, the beginning point of understanding Christ and this role of living out as priest, prophet, and king and fulfilling the mission of that is we have to stop and realize that Christ is the anointed one. And in being the anointed one, he fulfills the mission which is his offering of himself on the cross, right, in full authority and in full sacrifice, um, fulfilling that mission uh, and hence proving that he's the anointed one as well or, or fully becoming, if you will. Not, that's a, not quite the right way to put it theologically. But, um, but that also for us then is that we ourselves are anointed as baptized Christians and confirmed as well in anointing. That, that too leads to our both our identity in Christ. Um, and if our identity is in Christ, who is priest, prophet, and king, we share in the role of priest, prophet, and king, which means we have a mission to fulfill as anointed people in Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, we can kind of go different routes with it and depending on the way that you, you process or think, but it's it's for me it's super important that we recognize who am I and based on who I am, then I step into what I'm called to. And as a people, too, we have to say, well, who are we as Catholics? And what are we called to then as Catholics? Um, so I lean towards, you know, too, like as we step into this conversation over the next couple weeks or so, to say, let, you know, I lean into like saying, let's talk about this identity thing, identity in Christ. And what does that mean for us as, as a people? And where does it come from? You know? Yeah. And so I, I think that's a, a good 
point to start from is kind of that where does it come from? And you kind of gave, you know, the kind of um, history of it. Um, but I want to touch a little bit on, um, and, it, and, you know, it said in there that anyone who was really anointed or sent on a mission was either a priest, prophet, or king. And so kind of what's maybe important of those three offices in um, to the Jewish people in the Old Testament and why was it's so important that Jesus be um, also have those three offices. Yeah, so, um, you know, and, and add to this, whatever you, you know as well, because I know you've been doing some study and some, mm-hmm. some research and some been listening to a couple things on it. Um, so the way that, I, that I'll explain it in kind of a simple way is that um, the priestly role was to offer sacrifice for the sake of God's people. So, you know, they would offer the sacrifice and the prayer in the temple, um, both the Paschal sacrifice, which is the Passover lamb, right? Um, but they were the ones who would enter into the Holy of Holies and, and do the praying on behalf of God's people, you know, and, and that the Messiah was going to be the one that would make the ultimate sacrifice and would be the one who would bring th- that full fulfillment in the temple, right? Um, there's a whole dynamic of how Christ does that and how Christ reveals that the temple that truly uh, in the altar of sacrifice is Christ himself <laughs> and that he is priest and victim. So there's this whole other dynamic to this priestly role. But essentially it's, it's that um, the priestly role in the Old Testament is so important to the, the prayer of the people and the sanctification of the people, you know, the protection of the people. Um, so the Messiah would come to, to be anointed and to be anointed to pray or offer sacrifice to God. Um, on behalf of the people, to represent the people um, in the temple, right? Um, the prophets were chosen to bring forth um, God's word and the truth of God and the revelation of God and what God's will was. So you see the prophets throughout the Old Testament doing this in various ways and and speaking to various people in various towns and various cities and various leaders and kings and different things um, to proclaim the truth of God, who God is and his plan, you know? And sometimes that was like, knock it off, and sometimes it was, hey, go forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so various roles, but that the, the, the Christ would come and give the full revelation um, of, of God and, and his plan for us. And so we see that in Jesus. The kingly role, right, um, is that Israel was to have a king, and that through the line of David, the new king, would, the Messiah, the Christ, would, would take full reign in Israel, right, mm-hmm. and, and sit as the king of kings. Um, and so they awaited that. Um, little did they know how it would be fully revealed and, and how Christ would take on that kingly role and the importance of that um, and how he reveals that is also another dynamic. So uh, that's to lead people in truth and goodness and justice, right? And to to sit as the king of the people. And so um, so those roles on a just kind of like a broad sweep here. <laughs> yeah are three really important things within the Jewish community, and Christ takes on and fulfills those as the Christ, that he, as being priest, prophet, and king, that he, he acts these things out, he does these in his mission, through his ministry, and particularly through the action on the cross and in the resurrection. We see all of this come to fulfillment, and in such a brilliant way, when we really start to break it apart. So that, that's kind of like general without getting really too specific but yeah yeah um 
and uh from so from my understanding it was also um important that Jesus came and and like fulfilled those three offices because that's um like the, that's how the Jewish people expected him to come um which you kind of mentioned like he fulfills them in a way like he f- he comes and he fulfills those three offices but in not in, in exactly the way that they were expecting him to um and um cuz but I just I always have always thought it's really f- interesting that like culturally the Jewish people they're like yeah when the messiah comes these are the things that he's going to do you know they're like the prophecies that he's going to fulfill and they all kind of tied into those offices yeah you know and I guess to give people a resource for a really good kind of watch on this too is Bishop Barron talks about this in a talk in some talks that he gave at the Mundelein Seminary but it's also in the Catholicism series yeah now, yeah. now that you talk about it that he kind of breaks this apart of um, if, so if you can find the Catholicism series, um, or if you type in Priest, Prophet, King, Bishop, Baron, or Word on Fire, you'll find some really good talks by him of uh, kind of talking about this reality. Like, he brings fulfillment to these things that are spoken of in the Old Testament, just in a way that the, the Jewish people expected it in sort of a earthly way, a human way, kind of. And he yeah. comes and brings it in a way that um, truly does fulfill it. Excuse me, but not in a way that they were really expecting necessarily. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, kind of tying it into, um, like, what does that mean for us? You know, when it kind of, uh, we talk about how, um, when like Jesus like was anointed and then he was sent on that mission and then it was kind of through his mission that we kind of realized or the Jewish people realized that he was anointed, right? It was kind of, but it was kind of this um, this uh, movement from identity to mission, and then even kind of back to identity, which I think um, just kind of reflected on that right now. I was like, oh yeah, I think I've seen that in my life too. You know that we um, we maybe kind of we talked about like in a, some podcasts earlier about kind of continual conversions and kind of having that like continual like realization of your identity in Christ. But um, that's kind of a side tangent. <laughs> um, but but kind of talking about like yeah okay so what is it like how how does what does this mean um, for us as we um, as you know parts of the body of Christ and have the uh, you know the identity kind of passed down from Christ like what does that mean for us? I think it. it so I want to start with an example. I think to that question. Um, uh, I have to know who I am in order to be able to to fulfill that part of who I am or to, to be able to act on it, right? And to act in the fullest sense. So I- identity becomes such an important thing that if we understand who we are in Christ, we're then going to be able to live that out. So a lot of times we're trying to live the Christian life, but we don't, we've missed the like the self-awareness of who we are as Christians and what that means. So we kind of walk blindly and we're not we're not maybe really f- getting the experience of what it means to really walk in Christ because we don't realize who we are in Christ. Does that make sense? We more look at ourselves as like uh, maybe in a different kind of light or not a full light. Um, and so I'll give it, this is, I'm going to think out loud here because as you were talking too, this this image came to me of, you know, a married couple. If If a married couple doesn't understand their identity as married and they don't understand their identity as spouse, 
um, and that's not at the core, and they're, they they either lose that or they're not they're not living in that primarily. The work that it takes to live out married life um, is going to get really messy, <laughs> you know, because you're going to try to be doing stuff that maybe isn't true to the core of the identity you have as as being one, <laughs> right? So if you lose sight of to become one, right, uh, you're going to you're going to start acting in a way that you're not one. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So it. It might be an image to, to think about here. So it's the same, too. If I don't understand who I am as a baptized Christian, which means that I'm part of the body of Christ, which means that I am priest, prophet, and king, that I share in these roles of Christ as priest, prophet, and king, I'm not going to know how to act or what to do as a Christian. Okay? So what does that mean for us? It means that if we are part of the body of Christ and we believe, okay, I'm united to Jesus Christ— and part of his body. And that's so scriptural, right? That also means that he who is the Christ, who is priest, prophet, and king, that I'm called to this role, this mission of being priest, prophet, and king. What that means for us is that we are you are a person. So let's talk about it this way. You who are listening right now, if you're baptized in Jesus Christ, you're priest, prophet, and king, so that's your identity, which means you are called to pray, to speak, and to lead, to pray, to speak, and to lead. A lot of times I say proclaim, celebrate, and live. But if we're talking priest, prophet, and king, I'm going to say that if you understand that identity, you're going to understand your role then to pray, let's say it again, to pray, to speak, and to lead. Priests offer prayers. I don't care if you're you know, a mom and dad, mom or dad, Right? You're called to pray for your kids. There's your priestly role. Offer sacrifice in prayer for them and for each other. That's an example. You're called to pray. You're called to speak. You need to teach your children and one another. You need to be speaking the word of God into one another's lives. <laughs> and in, in love and in mercy and in in righteousness and in goodness, right? That you need to be sharing that, particularly in your vocation. And that, speaking to married couples maybe directly here, is that that means to, to one another as spouse and encouraging one another in the word and your kids, right? So you're called to pray, you're called to speak, and then you're called to lead. So in your role as a baptized member of Christ, according to your vocation in life and wherever you're at in life right now, you're called to lead in specific ways. For parents and for spouses, you're called to lead one another toward goodness. So you have to help your spouse go towards the good. You have to help your children go towards the good, Right? I can talk about these three roles in my own life as well as a priest. Dan, as a single man who's dating, is going to have these three roles in a different kind of way. There's a commonality in all of us because we share in one baptism in the one body of Christ. And particularly how we do that communally with like in the mass and stuff. Um, but so that's where it's practical. Is if I understand that I'm part of the body of Christ and that I'm a member of his body and that he is, as Christ is priest, prophet, and king, that makes me priest, prophet, and king. I get fired up thinking about these things. That was good. That was good. Makes sense? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I always ask that question because if it doesn't, you need to be like, Father, doesn't make sense. You need to try to explain that again. <laughs> no, I I, I, mean, I I, think it makes sense. Um, and I, I liked how you used the, um, just talking about like a married couple, kind of use that analogy. Um, 
and I, I mean, I think when you break it down to to um, trying to remember what you said uh, to pray, to pray, to, to speak, speak, and to lead. lead. Yeah, and um, kind of thinking about that just in uh, yeah, ju- just as um, like it, it kind of it, it, it kind of it, it rounds out the human person a little bit too. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of hits some of those different edges. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I don't even know where I'm going with it now. But um, but but I think in the yeah. in the weeks ahead, what we're going to discover is um, that that's played out in a number of different ways. That as we live as church, particularly at the mass. Um, so how we're living out it, it as a community particularly when we come together and at mass we pray, we speak, and we actually lead together. Um, and we can talk about how we do that because the mass surrounds us being priest, prophet, and king. And it fulfills these roles that we have, um, the mission that we have as, as a Christian people. And I think we can get into a conversation too about our call to holiness, our own personal calls to holiness, just similar to what I've just shared. And, yeah. Uh, that comes from our baptism, from the very moment we're baptized. And so, Dan, I'm grateful you brought this topic up because I, I just think there's so many practical things to talk about here in the weeks ahead to understand who we are as Christians and what we're called yep. to. So, Yeah, and so um, if, anyone, if anyone's curious, um, there's another kind of part in the catechism that talks about this, and we'll probably get into more of this next week, but just in case people want to, like, go in and yeah. read more about it because, yeah, it is a, it is a – I think one of the one of my favorite um, kind of parts of our faith that it just because it kind of connects everything you know it connects the Old Testament scriptures the New Testament scriptures um, the you know our the the mass as we have it today um, just kind of everything I feel like it's it's a good it weaves kind of through everything so um, if you uh, uh, go to the Catechism and it's paragraphs seven eighty three through 786 yeah 783 through 786 um it kind of has little paragraphs about um kind of each one of the different offices and kind of talks more about um for um for just just like us as christians um in kind of today's world so um so that's 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 pretty cool and we'll we'll kind of talk about that probably get into that next week and then i guess you know we'll kind of see um uh, where, where that goes to, but then, yeah, kind of also talking about um, the Mass and the liturgy and just our kind of current church and how how we can um, live out the, this identity of priest, prophet, and king in those. Yeah, I think it'll be an exciting conversation, I think, as we go through May and through the rest of the Easter season. And it does, it, it, you know, when we get to Corpus Christi, the Feast of Corpus Christi, and we talk about the Eucharist and our unity to the body of Christ in the Eucharist, this theme comes exploding out as well, you know, and so... um. It's it's certainly a a really really great theological catechetical spiritual liturgical conversation. So. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, thank you, Father, for your insight as always, and um, yeah, thank you everyone for watching, and we will uh, we will see you next week. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.